everyone. Welcome back to Contest Prep University. I'm Joe Klimczewski with Adam Atkinson, and we're going to do another episode in our series, Coaching Behind the Scenes. And I thought this week, Adam, it would be great to tackle a topic I don't think we have even discussed really yet. So out of more than 500 episodes, this would be a nice uh, bit of novelty. But I want to talk about the politics of competing, meaning everybody knows there's one winner per class, per division, per overall. Typically, at most shows, one one big prize, a pro card or a pro title at the big paycheck. And if you don't win, something we're kind of hearing around in our own election politics right now, uh, not everybody's happy. There's only one winner and, and one person's happy. Everybody else may have some questions. And sometimes it gets bantered about that, hey, there were politics involved. I should have won and, and I got robbed. And I'm not going to say that doesn't happen, but I want to at least go through some of those things to watch for in case you feel it did happen. And then really help people understand maybe the softer side of a political angle that can work for them. And what I mean by a political angle that works for them, sometimes it's more than just the physique, right? It can be attitude. It can be the way you look. It can be your smile. It can be your confidence. It can be the way you address the judges just from the stage. It can be how you address the judges off the stage. And all of that goes to creating a favorable impression, which may not have anything to do with your actual physique or your performance on the stage. But that does matter. But let's let's back all the way up, Adam. You you are far more widely traveled among different organizations than me. And you you know a lot of these head judges. Tell me what you think the difference is in a contest where there could be blatant politics, like a judge or a head judge or, or part of a panel just absolutely had it in for a particular client, wanted, or I should say competitor, not even client, there's a Freudian slip right there. Uh, maybe they do have their own friend or client on the stage, but but what do you look for in terms of, was, was there really a political decision here or was it just, just the perception of that? Well, one thing we have to remember is that there's seven judges get to score. So we usually like point the finger at one person. And, uh, you know, that, that's hard to do because every judge is going to think differently. Um, things I do look out for is like, let's say the head judge is like coaching somebody. To me, that's a little bit of a conflict of interest. And I've literally seen scorecards where judges have somebody in sixth place and you know that judge who coached that person placed the person as one now what people have to understand in most federations they drop a high score they drop a low score and so that tends to make it more fair but maybe that coach has a large team or maybe more judges have hands in that maybe another one has posing in play it's it's not something that I personally have evidence to see often. That's the thing. We have to show the evidence, right, that this is happening. Um, so with all due respect to the judges, um, I, that's really my only singular account that I've seen evidence. I saw this court card and the guy literally had somebody place first when everyone else had them sick. And, uh, I believe it was the WNBF. I think they just never asked him to judge again after that. So that holds up well in that federation to say, hey, this is way off. So 
um, you know, when you get caught like that, that's the risk that you take. Um, probably a good direction to take this is what do you competitors perceive as a political or, um, you know, what, what makes them think maybe they were robbed? Uh, some of the things I hear are maybe Instagram following. And if someone has a massive Instagram following, they're, they're definitely going to win. I hear that all the time. But I had a woman the other day, she just got her pro card, didn't have Instagram until after she got her IFBB pro card. So, um, you know, you see people who win without social media followings also. So where does this come from? Well, you know, naturally, when you have a better physique, you're typically probably going to motivate other people and have more followers. So um, that's how I kind of like to debunk that myth. And maybe that might be a good direction of like maybe how to take this podcast. Yeah, I, I first of all, want every, everybody to remember that, that judges are humans. So they are persuadable. Even the greatest sciences, scientists have biases and, and they have to recognize that going in and say, even if this person looks a certain way and that's not my, my particular favorite look or so forth, here are the judging criteria. Um, maybe even relationships we have, so people we know, you, you tackled that with you know, somebody coaching a friend. And, and I would hope at this stage in the game, uh, I, I know I certainly, as soon as I started coaching clients 20 some years ago, I stopped judging shows because I knew that would happen. There would be some sense of impropriety. I didn't want to have clients of mine on the stage. So I, I, I would really hope people would recuse themselves. If, and I've seen panelists do that. I've seen at really large shows where they have multiple judges and sometimes they switch the entire panel out once in a while. They will say, oh, look, you're, you have a client in this this particular class or maybe even a spouse. And so you're not going to be on that panel. That's, that's a pretty, pretty mature, solid organization who has the, the skill and the resources to do that. But the one thing that I, I want to say is, you know, th these judges do have that, that point of persuasion and, and you can play that to your advantage. I remember when I was competing as a WNBF pro uh, there were certain judges that just liked my physique. I, I had a little bit more of a classic physique. My, my arms and legs were my best body parts. I was never going to be the hardest guy in the show. I had, had great symmetry, but I wasn't going to wow somebody in overall, you know, gargantuan size or conditioning. And there were a couple judges in our federation that they always placed me higher than other judges. Me knowing that, I have the advantage of playing politics, so to speak. I can look for shows that they're going to judge. Um, but that's, that's just how persuadable people are by their own biases, not necessarily always some, some ulterior political agenda to just swing a, a show away from somebody. But within those organizations, too, as you get to know people, this is where it bodes well to, to show up time and time again and to be somewhat congenial or, or extroverted, get to know the organizations, get to know the people who run them, get to, get to know some of the judges. Of course, as a friendly person, if you're always that competitor, screaming at judges, crying foul, blaming them for impropriety, you're probably gonna create a worse political 
situation for yourself because they're just not going to want to reward that behavior. So a lot of it does come down to understanding that these are humans judging a sport with other humans and it's never going to be anything but mostly subjective funneled into as, as much objective criteria as can be managed. Absolutely. That's a great kind of leads me into my next thought is um, I had heard someone say once, well, they were talking to the judges, you know, the whole time leading up to the show. You're kind of allowed to do that. You know, um, the judges are here to help us. And um, I'm always amazed when I get clients from other coaches and these girls have never gotten feedback after any of the shows because you know, we get so emotionally invested into our clients. I think sometimes it's good to have that second eye from a judge to say, what do we need to do to be better? And that's helped me win multiple pro cards for sure. And it wasn't that that judge favored. Sometimes that judge wasn't even on the panel that my person went pro at, but it really does come down to helping me see my client from a different point of view and sometimes you throw out some of that feedback, but sometimes you say, wow, that's a really good point. Let's try that. And it ends up working. So um, there's nothing political about that. That's just getting good advice. So, and, and I see that a lot. A lot of times when my clients are receiving judging feedback, it, it's very, um, I think, just humane and shows that, that element when a, a judge says, yeah, I saw you compete last year, this year you did this way better, congratulations. That shows that, that they, they do remember certain people. It, it shows that they have an interest in helping people improve, as you said, Adam. And I, I think that's another thing that should play to our advantage as a competitor is to always be grateful, show some humility, show uh, just pride in what you do and in the sports and, and that you can can stand by their decisions, even if you don't agree. You know, a lot of the times, of course, not only are the coaches like us biased, but our own clients just can't always see as objectively as, as somebody else. That's just the nature of, of, of being too close to the situation. But I, I really do like the fact that you can, as you said, Adam, get, get the judges feedback, get to know them, progress. And if you create that favorable rapport, I think it does bode well. And, and that's, that's where I draw the line. And I say, that's not necessary politics. That's just good HR. That's, that's just being a good person, being the likable person on the stage. Yes. And the judges never want to be cornered as being political. And I can think of two instances where I saw judging change happen um, due to maybe that judge was uh, coaching somebody like from opposing perspective, or um, I even know of a particular instance where a head judge stepped down because they had family member on stage. And uh, it was pretty random because the person was on there and they were like, we're going to call a, a quick judging change. There was literally only one judge swap. So I love seeing stuff like that because it really does make you feel better about what we're doing at the end of the day. Yeah. After, after giving kind of the soft side of politics in, in human relationship building, I, I did want to come back to what we should not tolerate. And, and I think every organization should create some kind of policy like this. 
um, you know, right off the bat, if, if you're a, if you're an, a promoter or the head of an organization, you should, you should bring more judges than you need perhaps. And I know that's a tough ask there. It's just really hard to get people to dedicate an entire day to something like this, but to say, look, who, who has clients here, who has family members, who has friends, what classes, let's organize this. Let's see what panels you're going to be on in which ones you won't. I think that's, that's understandable. That's, that's something competitors should ask for. And if I were that person, like you said, Adam, that, that, you know, a particular judge had their friend in first, everybody else had them in sixth, I would call that out. I would, I would, I would send that scorecard to the promoter and say, is, is this the kind of organization and show you want to run? I mean, do you, you're, you're going to drive competitors like me away if this is your standard. And I think that's a viable ask. Yep, absolutely. And even as coaches, you can choose if you really see something going on, just don't bring your people anymore. And uh, I know plenty of shows where um, I've been just warned by other coaches to say, stay away from them, you know, and uh, you kind of see it, you know, and you say, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, But sometimes it takes someone blatantly pointing the head out, you know. Let, let, Let me give you one story that I had when I got called in to judge and I got tangled up in a situation like this that I should have never been in and I should have just said no. And this is how the outcome can be swayed. I was promoting the show here in Evansville, Indiana, and, and I was the MC. So I'm just a promoter of the MC. I have nothing to do with the judging panel. There ends up being a tie in one class somehow, some way, I don't know, but, but there was an absolute tie by points and they asked me to come down and decide the tie. Well, there was one, one class winner who I, I didn't know. And then one who was from my town, who I would have called a friend, somebody I knew. And, and I looked at these two and I'm in my mind, I'm like, geez, it's, it's obvious why this is a tie. This is an apples to oranges comparison. One guy was really big, muscular, symmetrical, maybe not quite as sharp. That the guy from my hometown, you know, was was smaller, sharper, great symmetry as well. And it was just two great competitors who both looked fantastic in their own rights. And I remember thinking, normally I would vote for the guy that I know. I mean, because of his physique. I just there there was something about his physique that said that's the way if I were on this panel, I would go. But they just pulled me down off the stage the promoter from the hometown and am I going to vote for the hometown guy? Do I want to be the judge who in the promoter who is known for that? And so in my mind, I thought, well, gosh, it's, it's a three to three split right now. So obviously the other guy looks phenomenal. People agree. I don't want that political fallout. And so I voted for the other guy and in, I felt justified at the time because I literally couldn't decide. I mean, these guys were both phenomenal, but what swayed me away from the person I knew was the fear of those political ramifications. So unlike the person you mentioned who put their friend in first, everybody else is sixth. I think a lot of people could go the other direction. Like I did. I don't want that, that sense of impropriety. So I'm going to go the other direction. So that can even hurt the validity of your judging panel. So that, that's why I just think it shouldn't happen. I, I mean, anybody, if you know somebody on that stage, I know everybody says, well, you know, I'm so objective. I just, I don't even look at their faces. I don't even know who they are. I just judge them. And that's just BS. That's just not true. 
we're, we're all in those positions to make a very hard call if there's somebody that we know, and, and I just don't think that should be a part of it. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So when you have a when you have a client who has that initial reaction, you know, hey Adam, this was this was a bunch of crap. It was political. I should have won. And you look at the 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 photos and so forth. What's what? How do you go through that process of of investigating it if you think it does need to be looked into, or or explaining otherwise to your client? So the first thing I try to point out is if the person that beat my client had something on them, I have to say, if they have one thing on you, they probably deserve to win. So maybe the girl had better glutes or the guy had better biceps. Um, We can get into presentation. Sometimes I only see pictures and I'll ask, can I see your routine? Maybe my girl's routine was really sloppy and her presentation wasn't great. So things like that can help. So I always try to find like that outline thing. That's, this is what they had on you. And then if you can't, you do start investigating a little more. I might start looking at more show photos. But again, those photos don't tell the whole story. But a lot of the shows have been live streamed now. So it's been really good. Probably a lot of pressure on the judges with that because now you can watch the whole thing. But you know, honestly, this year I haven't seen anything uh, too crazy, to be quite honest. You know, one of the things that that comes to mind, and I explain this to people in even their posing, I have a client who I think had the physique to win an IFBB Pro Card this year, but the, the experience just isn't there yet. The stage presence isn't quite there yet. And I said, it's going to be very difficult for judges to vote for somebody to become a pro if they cannot present themselves like a pro. And, and, and that really, really does matter. It's not just sometimes that the judges know a certain person and, and they know their physique and there's an advantage to that. If, if those judges who knew, man, Joe always has the best legs in the show or Joe always has great symmetry, like they instantly look for that because they know I'm on that stage. If you're new, you don't have quite as much exposure. You know, judges are trying to figure out for the first time, they may not see you like they will in two or three experiences with you on the stage. Uh, you know, neurologically, our, our brains fill in gaps. We, we create this facade. So I've even seen people who are known to be super, super, super shredded. The judges know that, they're looking for that. And if they're even just a little bit off, the judge is like, well, you know, but he's, he's still hard most of the time. And so it's almost this little bit of a forgiveness sometimes if they have a favorable view of that person. And they may not be judging exactly objectively as, as you would think on that day. And I'm not saying that's right, but that's normal. That's natural human psychology. We're always going to almost create kind of a cumulative picture of what we know about somebody. And that's why I keep coming back to become known get to know the judges, the promoters, the owners, uh, be congenial, be, be somebody that they really want to see succeed. And even if it does take a time or two longer than you think it should have, the, the odds are in your favor when you, when you play that game. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I've had this happen with clients who were maybe a little bit too hard. And I think they got picked because even though they were too hard, 
it's usually pretty easy to soften somebody up. So, you know, they, they know that they're going to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to put you in the hot seat for a second. Just say, Adam, with all of the organizations, judges that, you know, is there, is there anybody or any promoter, any organization that you can just say, yeah, they are known for being just horrible with their judging. It's obviously very political or can do you just not see that? I don't see it, honestly. Like, I really, I think all those organizations who were that way, it's they just don't exist anymore. And a lot of them were, you know, when there was this rise in um, a lot of different federations starting, there's four or five of them that have really remained pretty, pretty stable. And that's why. Um, so, so to me, I haven't seen anything too, too crazy. Um, I, I guess I will say I've seen one show where I just think if you're a promoter, you shouldn't be able to win your own world championship. I kind of have a problem with that. You know what federation that is. Um, but, you know, these people also like to compete. They probably want to support their own federation. That's probably not something I would personally do, but, you know, as long as it was won, um, holistically, I don't have a problem with it. I never really investigated it enough to look, but I just said that's kind of bizarre. Yeah, so, no, you bring up two really, really good points, Adam, and, and one is that I, I thought you would answer the way you did when I asked if you know, is there a particular judge or panel or promoter or organization that just sucks and we should tell all of our viewers to stay away from I had a pretty good idea you were going to say, no, I don't know anybody that bad. Uh, you know, there, there could be a questionable call here and there like we've discussed, but that's, that's really what I mean by the, the political gambit is just not there like some people think. There's, there's not this great oligarchical uh, conspiracy to keep you from winning a show. Um, there's, just, there's just not. There are too many eyes on this and their livelihoods are on the line. These promoters know they lose coaches and, and competitors if that happens. But, but again, you bring up why I think some people have to get better, some organizations, at recusing judges, uh, as you said, somebody who is an actual owner of a federation to compete in their own show, even if they didn't win. It's just, it's just bad business. I mean, the, the rest of the competitors are going to look at that and say, you know, what, what in the world? Who would do that? Um, so I, I, do, I, I do know at least one case where that happens, so that may be what you're, you're describing, but I, uh, I, I want everybody to know that the only way I think you can control the outcome by persuading the judges or the best way is by how you present yourself on that stage. So the, the confidence, the poise, uh, the personality and persona that you bring to the stage, it really does make a difference. I'll, I'll, I'll end with this one story. I had a contest one time. I think I mentioned it on our podcast before, Adam, where I had all three eventual winners, like first, second, third place in a world championship show, you know, figure division, all three women had completely different physiques and they were all phenomenal for different reasons. The one who won had probably the third best physique, but man, did she command the attention of the judges. She just had this bubbly personality, was a phenomenal person on stage. Like, as soon as you looked at those three people in the center, 
you know, one was really intense and posing and just like, I'm, I'm here to win. One was, you know, confident and poised and sophisticated. And the one who won was just Miss Bubbly personality, having fun, waving, smiling, acting like she owned the stage and bam, you know, world, world title. Wow. <laughs> so and, I, and that, that, that's, that's just where, that's where the, the political, the, the non-competitive, non-performance side of quote politics can still be controlled by you. It's not out of your control. Yeah. Um, also in the woman's defense who won her own championship, um, I will say there has to be a part of you that might have a hard time supporting another organization if you already have your own. So I, I can kind of see both sides of that too, but probably not a good idea to compete in your own federation. Yeah, well, it, it just goes back to, like I said, how we even organize our judging panels as promoters and organizations, because um, as I recall, this happened a few years ago and, um, you know, great physique. I mean, the, the woman, it's not the first time she had won, um, but at the same time, why? You know, whether it's your show, your organization, once once you're in that position, you just don't compete. You're just, you're, you're, you're going to have to be above reproach on that. Yeah, I've even uh, recently I had a client come to me because his coach competed against him at the show that his coach was prepping him for. He just said, this is a conflict of interest. Uh, and, and as a pro, you know, when you've got prize money on the line, that's, that's definitely a, a bad decision. Yeah, and, and that, so another great point. Uh, I quit judging shows when I had enough clients on the stage that I was going to run into that situation. I quit competing as a pro. I retired when all of a sudden I was finding my own clients in those classes. Uh, my very last year competing, that happened. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm not going to let that happen again. Because I'm, I mean, how in the world could you justify that? I'm going to, I'm going to peak you to compete against me. Right. <laughs> so, uh, luckily, I think my client beat me in that one, which is not saying a lot for me as a pro, but uh, I, I, I really think this is a great topic. And guys, here's what I would say. The, the take-home message is when you see something like that happening, just, just massive, blatant impropriety on a judging panel, let the promoter know, send them the evidence, the scorecard, and get feedback, be, be polite, be professional. And if you cannot find remedy, then as Adam said, you, you vote with your dollars. You can say, well, then I'm just not going to come to shows anymore from your organization. If that's your standard, if that's your reply, or if that's what you allow. Now give people the benefit of the doubt. It, not every decision is political, but when there is something where, where you see coaches and friends who have coached friends and they happen to be winning the shows and they're allowed to be on those judging panels, I, I think that's where we need to prefer down. Any, any, any final comments from you, Adam? You, you look like you were just going to let me end it right there. No, I, I feel good about this great, great podcast. <laughs> right. Well, you are in uh, Charleston, so I know you got a lot of clients. You're probably busy. And uh, thanks for taking your time out just to keep us on schedule here for this one. You are welcome. Great to be here. Okay, guys. And we'll see you next time on Contest Prep University.